Welcome to the final chapter as Diceratops presents Born to Fran, Part 10. They saved the dragon and went through time and now there's just one crucial bit of business remaining. The devil guy who caused this mess. So let's join Fran, Ford, Halleck and Randy for a final showdown. I'm Morgan Davey, the Dungeon Master. Let's dungeon some dragons. This is Diceratops Presents. Welcome to Part 10 of... Born to Fran. I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master, and I am here with the Brendan Bennett's playing Halleck Tide the Ranger. Yoda, and excited to be here. Fantastic. We are very excited to have you with us for this is your sixth, sixth episode, fifth episode, fourth? I don't know. Ages. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who's been here from the beginning? It's uh, Jared Baker who plays Fran. Hey, Jared. Hello. And also from the beginning, Stephen <laughs> Youngblood who plays Randy Dwarf. I'm, I'm as excited as Brendan and more excited than Jared to be here. All right. All right. So. We'll just create a spectrum of excitement. <laughs> well, we've mm-hmm. got kind of two tiers at the moment, but let's find out where the, the last member of our some, little some... posse fits, which is Woody Matuiwai playing Ford the Ranger. Hey, Woody. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded pretty gone. sarcastic, so put him at the bottom. Got, I just got pure genuine. That's, that's what I, got. I, get, I get pure pathos from that. In the last 90 episodes, we have seen Fran, the newly appointed ranger, ignore the instructions of his order, travel to the south in search of information about his past and a mysterious golden golden copper woman, battled a dragon, went back in time, um, met another ranger, a uh, half-walk dwarf fighter ranger, and his own dwarf fighter best friend Randy was along for the ride as well, and his very um, trustworthy ranger friend Ford has just turned up to join them, having also been there for some of those time shenanigans in the past. So it's been nine episodes worth of complexity and excitement. And good luck to you if you are diving in for this installment without listening to those. Let's jump in with the uh, group of adventurers on the other end of what is known in D&D terms as a long rest so, so let me get let me get this straight. Randy's post campfiring sort of. If you hadn't have killed that dragon, your dad would still be around, which means we wouldn't have had to go in and rescue him from that thing, whereas like heaven or whatever. And then like, but there'd still be a dragon. But then there was a dragon. So like, your dad went and rescued the dragon. So there was a dragon again. And then we went to rescue your dad, but then we didn't rescue your dad. So there's a dragon. If your dad didn't kill the dragon, he'd still be around. But isn't isn't the dragon still here? Isn't Imogen here? Well, yeah. So why did your dad kill the? Why did we tell your dad to kill the dragon? That sounds a bit stink. I, th- I think. Like... I think a, a, a better way to put it would be if you you change too much stuff in the past, then it changes too much stuff in the future. We change stuff in the past by telling you to kill the dragon. So if we didn't do that, there'd still be a dragon and. You're dead, and would I still be Randy? If we Maybe didn't kill I dragon? can shed some light on things, says Imogen. <clears throat> she sits down and uh, she hands out to each of you. Um, she has a little tray with little brass uh, shot glasses that contain a special concoction she has prepared. Are you, is, is, is she still a dragon? Are you a dragon now? Well, I'm always a dragon, but I choose to spend most of my time in this form, looking like a, a human woman, more or less. Always a dragon, never a bride? <laughs> well, so far... Once a dragon, always a bridesmaid. That's what I always say. It's an old, it's an old dwarven tale. Is it, is it really, though, Randy? No. No, I, I just wanted to sound... So, honestly, guys, I'm beginning to regret waking up from my long rest. Um, <laughs> Wait, you slept? I was talking to you the whole night. I have studied time as part of an understanding of the planes and the construction of reality. It's a work that I have been pursuing for hundreds of years. I have uncovered many secrets by unpacking the astrology of the planes. That's how your father, Fran, found me in the first place. His own interest in some of these questions about the nature of reality and the nature of death. They led him to a line of philosophers. And some of those philosophers were friends of mine. I believe he wrote down his learning in a book. Oh, the, the book. You still got the book? Hello? The, this book here? Oh, the book. I have not seen it for a, a good long time. When your father used to come and visit me through some of the portals... We would spend long hours down in the hidden chamber. I would help him try and decode some of the secrets. 
He, um, he was an interesting man. He was a man who did not show emotion very much, though, your father. I don't know how well you knew him, Fran. He never spoke of you. Not, not well. Wait, you, didn't, not. you didn't know that he had a son? Yeah, he left when I was quite little, so, you know, we're just in that. We'll just add it to the list, shall we? He had not forgotten you, Fran, nor did he speak of you. I don't understand the vagaries of human or orcish emotion, but I know that he was devoted to his mission. He was devoted to the order of rangers that he had had such an important role in founding. And then his interests were going beyond that. And that's when he started spending time with me. And I do, I do have to point out as well that, you know, A, my mother was, you know, she, she, she was an orc lady. She was, she was, um, she, she was, she was, she was um, difficult. And also she was married to my stepdad. (laughs) So, um, I can I can see why you'd want to you'd, you'd want to skip out on that to a certain extent. That does make more sense than anything he told me at the time. Yes. <laughs> In any case, he and I became close, and well, we lost touch for a short time, and then he only saw me again after he had killed me. He found me, and and at this point, Imogen just looks looks deeply ashamed. In my youth, I became enamoured with the teachings of the forbidden ones. And they led me into the hands of the seven devils. And willingly, I agreed to serve them. I was a fool, but they claimed me as theirs. And in time, I grew out of it and I threw off those shackles, but they set a trap for me. Is it it because you were a dragon? Or or is that how you became a dragon? I was always a dragon, Randy. I was always a dwarf. I understand. If you have ever served something, something so against your nature that it burns at you every moment, then you will have a sense of my shame for what I became. And then finally their trap that they sprung for me accidentally opened a portal to one of their hells. It snapped and I became their tool. Once again, I became a monster. And so your father, and as it transpires, Ford as well, killed me. But then your father was not satisfied with that and he went beyond the bounds of death and he traded his soul so that I might return to continue my work. And for all I know, that's where he is still. Behind the raven's door. Or in the undying, eternal lands beyond the forgotten kingdom, beyond my reach. In any case, I have much to make up for. The hardships that have been inflicted on this land these past years have been caused by me, this time because my weakness at the hands of the devils has been used against me by a mortal half-elf who has seized the power of a devil. He has... In his ruined fortress, a great channel for the powers of hell. Bless a calf elf. Well, he is using that power. He used it to control me, to put me to his will. And he will not stop until he manages to reclaim all the power of time that I have hidden beneath this hill. He wants to remake history in his image. We must not let him. So that's, that's what he wants with the, the time stick thing. He has been hunting for it so hard. He tortured me, but I never revealed where he could find it. He was causing so much pain and so much misery. I, I was able to summon you, Hank. Uh, Fran, not Hank. But as soon as you became a member of the Order, I sensed your presence. I was able to contact you as I contacted your father and tell you that I needed help. I was unable to give much guidance. I was being watched so closely in the cells. So what now? We go... We accept your mission to go back and turn you away from being a dragon. You will be human once again. As I, Randy, the Hill Dwarf, swear a sacred oath upon my axe. And my friend Fron. And this guy, Halleck. And my very good friend, Ford, who is a ranger. We will avenge your turning into a dragon. Love, Randy. Randy, it feels like you've got about 30% of it. That's... That's better than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if that's, I understand that's numbers correctly. I mean, as long as we, as long as we do the killing the half elf part, I think the other, the other stuff. What, what about the rest of him? Could, just, the, just the. I reckon, I reckon, if you kill the bit that's that, that's Elvin, the other bit will probably die as well. <laughs> don't, don't humour me. <laughs> <laughs> the ability to travel through time. Think, think what you could do with that power. I could. You could travel back and become your own dad. I could save my family. I could wait, save the, wait, the ancestral I, hives. Wait, wait, Fred, are you your own, are you your own dad? Not anymore. Is there a part in the book where he went and met his mom? I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to know. 
Randy sort of stares off into the middle distance, trying to sort of not <laughs> think about this. No, I, I did go back and meet Ford, though. Oh, yes. Uh, Ford, I heard your voice through a book. Uh, my name is Halleck Tide, Dwarf Fighter. Halleck, well met. Man, if I could go back in time, there's so much I would do. I would, like, go back. I would buy my axe, but earlier than I got it, so that I had it for longer than I had it now, and then I would... I would have had it for longer and be even happier. When I was hired to recover this time wand, I I was told that when I recovered it, I had to deliver it to a a ruined keep near Titan Hill. We're on Titan Hill. What does that mean? We were were supposed to go there. That was was where the the dragon that we were sent to kill supposedly lived. Well, this Uh, fits with what Imogen was saying. That seems to be where... What's this half-elf's name? His name is Clave. Sullivan... Clave. Sullivan Clave. Clave, Sullivan Clave. She shall die. Before. Sullivan. Sullivan. Uh, and Halleck thinks about that and taps his, his dagger against his chin thoughtfully. If we don't cut off your beard. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, it'll grow back after a little while. Beards usually do. For dwarves, it takes a long time to grow a full, thick, luscious, healthy beard. Um, this beard, for example, has been with me for... Oh, at least 80 of your human years. If you were heading there, I cannot accompany you. The fount of power, it is too strong for me. I will fall under its spell once again if I am close. What is this bracelet that I have on me now? I mean, it looks kind of cool, but like, does it give me magic powers? And Randy points it at the, like, the walls. Clave, magic. Clave used it to control my will. Oh, so do you have to do what I say now? <laughs> no, I would. Well, so that's good. I don't think I want whether, that kind of power. Whether you have to do what he says. Can you take the bracelet off? I'm going to roll a dice to see. Uh, that's a twelve. I don't know what the answer is. I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. On the answer 12. is no. Yeah. That, uh, I'm. I'm not worried. I think you would have to understand the instructions before you could follow them. Exactly. Right, he sort of runs his fingers around and he tries to find a clasp, and then he sort of taps it once or twice with his fingers and says, "Unbanned," and it doesn't work. Come on. So, so the plan from here is go to the ruin keep, kill the half elf, close the gates of hell. Done. And remove this band from me because I, I don't think it looks, it looks very right. nice. It suits you. Does it? We can always cut the hand off. Oh, yes. Good point. Here we uh, go. Rangers uh, lead the way. Wait, who's leading? <laughs> all, <laughs> all three of us rangers. <laughs> the, uh, the three rangers uh, line up in perfect ranger formation instinctively <laughs> <laughs> to make it's your a way. Flying V. <laughs> Excellent. Um, with yeah, flying V with with uh, Randy Dwarf kind of uh, chomping along in the background in the in the perfect at the center, <laughs> and Imogen uh, watches you go. Now there is one more conversation that you need to have before you leave Titan Hill, and it happens not far away from this fire. This is the appearance across a glade of the uh, ogre royal, who very recently chucked a net over the top of uh, Fran in particular and um, was involved in various other shenanigans and as he sees you coming he lifts his hands which are empty of weapons and holds them out to my uh, god he's wearing the skin of that little girl uh, no mate it's just my normal just my normal <laughs> shirt that I was wearing when we met oh oh that's a relief because that would have been some pretty dark stuff um, look mate me and my brothers I just needed to talk to you you risked your life fighting a dragon to save Loomis when he was running. You didn't have to do that, but you did. And um, you also seemed to kill that dragon. So you're like a whole heck of a lot more dangerous than I figured when we were trying to like steal some pocket money from you. So I'd rather not be going through this life with a dragon slayer out to get me, you know? So I'm just hoping we can uh, like make peace sort of things and uh, just call an end to all that. And um, yeah. Randy walks up to him, yeah. opens up his satchel, mm-hmm. passes him a kitten, taps him on the shoulder and walks off. It doesn't look back. All right. Halleck gets out a small scroll of paper mm-hmm. and crosses a name off it. <laughs> <laughs> and he mutters to himself, still second in line. <laughs> All right. 
shall we cut to this uh, this ruined keep? Um, I'm going to ask you, Rangers, because you're um, in charge of rangering across this distance. What what is the time of day when you approach the ruined keep? You can arrange it to be any time of day. Personally, I like to fight evil in the daytime. Uh, I actually agree. I prefer fighting evil in the daytime too. Yep, nothing like being able to see the, see the hellfire in their eyes. Mid-morning it is as you creep over the broken ground towards the ruined keep. You are near the running river and behind you over your shoulder is the height of Titan Hill. From this distance and this angle, it looks uncannily like, as the legends say, an enormous human figure curled up fetal style on top of this broken ground. And you close in on the keep. It is old crumbling walls, towers that have taken on an unusual angle, but there is one main entrance, a uh, little drawbridge comes down over kind of moat, although there's only mud inside the moat. The drawbridge is open, but there is a portcullis that is down, blocking the way inside. Are there any visible guards? Not that you can see. Are there any invisible guards? Yes. Good question. <laughs> Let's have a quick uh, war council, shall we? I agree. My father would always say there's three ways to approach a problem. You can go sneaky, sneaky. You can go talky, talky. Or you can go punchy, punchy. Randy just walks up to the drawbridge and tries to lift it. Sounds like we're going punchy, punchy. I think right. that was always going to be the case. Randy, give me a strength roll, please. It's 21. Um, 21 lifts the portcullis like about an inch or two. I run up um, and try to help him. 21. 21. It (laughs) lifts up a few more inches between the two of you. It's tall enough that someone else could shimmy underneath. I come come and help as well. (laughs) Five. Yes. I just just lean on it. (laughs) Are we trying to pull it up or push it down? It's not entirely clear to Halleck at this point. Um, There are are sounds of of movement on the other side and someone says, there's someone coming. They're trying to open the portcullis. What? What? Are, I'm, they're trying to open the portcullis. Ford, what are you doing? I, <laughs> damn it. I attempt to help the, the lad All right. as well. Uh, however, I only rolled an eight. You rolled an eight. Okay, cool. So the <laughs> other side of the portcullis suddenly fills with a, a group of about 10 guards. They are all wearing um, kind of leather armor and holding swords and they look a bit unshaven in the the kind of mercenary that villainous devil guy in a ruined keep would hire. And they um, kind of squint at you, heaving and straining at the portcullis. Oh, great, and, just in time. Can you give us a hand, would you? Why are you even trying to do that? What? Are, who well, are could, you? I couldn't find the lever on the side of the castle to open it, so... Are you I, trying to attack us? Is this an attack? Trying to get into the castle. Are you Does trying to attack us, though? You've, like, got oh, swords and stuff. Honestly, not you specifically. Just the boss. We've got a wand that we need to deliver. Uh, Halleck unrolls a scroll. I, I had a mission. I've got a mission to deliver to deliver a wand. And yeah. Randy drops the drop, you know, drops the bridge and, and sort of goes, "That's true. We have a wand." And then, like a shower of sparks, extrude extrude um, from the, the guy who came forward leans back and talks to his mate, and his mate leans forward and nods and he says, "Yeah, yeah, we are meant to let in anyone who comes in with a wand." All right, you should have just knocked. The portcullis goes going, lifts up, and so the the four of you have ready access, and the guard types kind of make way for you. They look pretty pretty weary of you. None of them getting too close in case you suddenly swipe at them with your weapons. But they're looking fast. Sounds like it was talky talky after all. (laughs) You guys see those sparks come out of like in the sky just then? That was amazing. Uh, oh. Yeah, you did a great job, Randy. Walking, walking, guys. walking, walking, yeah. walking. Cool. Yeah, walking, walking, walking past the guards. Okay. When do we ambush them? <laughs> One of the guards um, kind of points to the, the inner chamber, and as he does, though, he calls out, Tell the boss! Tell the boss they've got a wand! They're coming in with a wand! Well, you you've spoiled way. the surprise now, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you didn't say it was a bloody surprise. Didn't the give wand. us an opportunity. All right. What's your as name? We, as we go into the, you know, like the yep. main, the main building, mm-hmm. can we subtly lock the door behind us? Hmm. Um, if you give me a sneaky, sneaky roll. Oh yes. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Halleck tied. 
um, with a, a bee or two, a ghost bee, lending some uh, distracting interference to the one pair of eyes that was nearby you. Secure that door so all those guards outside cannot get in. And it just leaves you in this inner chamber. It's still mostly ruined, but there, there's been some tapestries and curtains and um, sheets kind of draped around the place to give it a bit of style, a bit of panache. And there's a throne. Throne doesn't look terribly comfortable. And it has some scuff marks near it as though someone had been sitting on the throne and had fallen off it in a flurry rather recently. And um, there's a few people kind of moving around the space. They're little servants. Their legs are chained together as they as they move about carrying trays and um, sweeping things up with brooms and they all freeze and look at you as the four of you enter this chamber. One of them standing right up by the throne. He's a bird person, an arakokra, but his wings have clearly been clipped so he cannot fly. And he opens his beak and says, Halictide? Yes. Yes, I have come to see uh, whoever it was that employed me to uh, recover uh, an object. You have done extremely well to have brought it here. And there was some strange business with you. Oh, I, I guess it was all not important if you've come. Oh, here comes the master now. I will just get my book. And he um, hops down like this little two-foot pigeon hop to the bottom step and picks up this big book and gets a quill and gets ready as the curtain at the back parts. And emerging with dramatic, forceful stride is Sullivan Clave. Half his body, red, demonic, big bat wing on that side. The other half is a half-elf. A half-elf that, uh, Fran, you saw him very recently. You saw him on Titan Hill. You saw him going up to the Beast Spotter's hide. Ford, you haven't seen him for 20 years. You might recognize him. You might not. I don't know. He smiles viciously and says, You should not have come here. <laughs> you should not have come here. Oh, Perseus, take note. The fools walked right into my trap. Um, I'll explain what the trap was later on. Just say that I had a trap. <laughs> As he does this, he reaches out to and takes a goblet off a tray and lifts it to his mouth. And as um, he takes a swig, you see that the person holding the tray is a girl. It's the girl that you met by the fire, the girl with the owl bear. It's Tilde, and she is in chains. Tilde, oh, hello, how are you? Keeping well? I see you've got a job. Good for you. Employment at the young age is very important for character building. Silence, dwarf. I'm very upset at you. You hurt my dragon, and you made me fall over, and I'm going to have my revenge upon you. But first of all... <laughs> Your dragon is dead. <laughs> Halleck Tide, you've brought the wand, I understand it. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have. And you promised me... In exchange, royal jelly. Yes, 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 royal jelly. Perseus, Perseus, get the royal jelly. Um, Perseus is like, uh, but I'm trying to take notes, sir. Just do it! And he puts down the book and um, kind of scampers away out the back. <sighs> His penmanship is terrible, you know that? <laughs> you just can't get good slaves these days, can you? I know, I know, I know. Mm. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Anyway, look, can I ask, which of the four of you has the best memory? You quiet one, quiet uh, human ranger there in the in the black cloak. How's your how's your memory? Good at remembering things. I know somebody asked me that recently. Who was it? No, not you, dwarf. All right. Well, look, just one of you, please remember. Oh no, this little girl. You can remember for me. Um, tell Perseus when he gets back to write down. They all regretted terribly walking into the clever trap that I had set, and I uh, enjoyed their dying screams immensely. How about that? That's a good one. And Is there it, any sign of a trap uh, looking around the room? <laughs> Not really, but there's like a space beyond some of the curtains, and he reaches up and he snaps his finger, and one of those curtains gets pulled aside, and then some creatures start to come forth. Randy looks around the room and sees... Um portraits on the walls just mm -hmm. like pictures and yep. drawings and um thinks back i've seen something like this before um reaches into his pocket and pulls out the the picture from the the hut you you drew this or or the same person drew this as drew these 
who's your artist? It's not very good. I mean, I can't tell. Is this a half dragon uh, banana? Is it a flying moose? Is it like an orange with like <laughs> fly wings? I think is it, I, I is think it I want goose? to make you. Can you make an an intimidation roll for me? All right, that is a uh, fourteen. Fourteen. Look, you. What is wrong with you, dwarf? These are very comprehensive sketches anatomical sketches i've been collecting beasts my whole life uh, this my whole life is that like a, a yeah. string bean with like googly eyes i'm sick of, i'm sick of it ever Ooh. since i was young no one took me seriously and still i'm about to murder you and you're still not taking me seriously Ooh. this one here is very good i i think it's a horsey but what's what's with the giant there's a hellhound! One oh. of those! And he points He points at the open space and you can see this big flame-ridden hound from hell pacing slowly out towards you. It's meant to be one of those. That's, that's oh. a hellhound. That's it is one of those! It's a very good depiction! What, Fran? I can see you want to try to say something. What? What? It better yeah, be good! Well, look, I'm just wondering, aren't you what? You've called a hell, hellhound out. Aren't you worried it's going to bite you? Because you're only half demon. No, I control all is of them. I control good? all of like, them. When you've got what's just one wing, do you fly in circles? <laughs> Look, well, uh, you just use it to fan yourself. I control a long way all of these from, things from because like I watching half elf. I to, control to, the fount of hell, and he reaches up and gestures, and one of the curtains up high falls down, and you can see nestled in an alcove. There is this it. burst of hellish fire coming from an instrument of the depths of bagpipes. Oh, lame from each of its nozzles. That bagpipes is the gateway to hell. Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Um, now kill them! And the hellhound comes bounding out towards you. And the hellhound is followed by uh, uh, there's another beast that is kind of coming out after it as well, slowly sliding along the ground with a great big iridescent shell. It's a snail with a bunch of... <laughs> Uh, the the little feeler things at the front it's got five of them and they have hard like mace like appendages at the end it's a flail snail there's a flail snail emerging from the darkness and two hellhounds bounding forth and the the trap is unveiled it's not much of a trap but there's some monsters and they're trying to kill you what do you do Randy takes two sets forward, gets on a knee and starts patting his, who's a good hellhound? Come on then, come on. Um, and, and charms the hellhounds into submission. Randy uh, pulls out a kitten, not like you think. Okay. <laughs> but just starts like patting it and tickling under its chin to show how peaceful and calming that can be. And, and like, don't you want some of this? Don't you want some of this? In gaming terms, animal handling. Animal handling. All right, let's have an animal handling roll. I'm going to tell you right up front, it's going to need to be pretty spectacular. Would a 22 be spectacular? Ooh, 22 is, 22 is not bad. <laughs> 22 is, I think, enough that the hellhound approaches you with fire snorting. You haven't won it over. It's not going to let you pet it, but it kind of cocks its head a little bit and snorts some fire, and its friend comes up, and they both look at you, and start pacing around you, eyeing you up. Not quite sure what to make of you, but the, but their their hunger for blood has apparently uh, been overcome by their curiosity at what on earth it is you're doing. Randy makes like just just that never breaks eye contact nice. and just keeps keeps them going. <laughs> so in the process of Randy kneeling down, yeah, pulls out his long sword and performs the triple jump off of Randy's back because he's kneeling down. Yep. Over Randy, over the hellhounds um, to, uh, I believe, are the flails now? Let's go. You get two attacks with your longsword as you flip towards this uh, giant snail thing. So let's have two attack rolls. 15 and 24. Well, the first one will miss, but the second one strikes and slices off one of the one of the four what do you call them i don't know what you call them like tentacles those four tentacles gets chopped right off um but the other four all rear around and start hammering towards you as you uh, take your take your feet and land elegantly and smoothly in front of the giant snail all right uh halleck uh will stand there bees will start to pulsate (laughs) around him uh he holds up his hands and he says um great grandmother 
Spirit of the Tide Clan, I summon you now. I'm so close, but I need your help. And then um, out of his beard flies an enormous ghost bee. Ooh. Uh, I've cast, for, for the reference, I've, I've cast Summon Bestial Spirit. Wow. Cool. He looks up at, 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 the, at all of the bees flying around the helicon system. Swarming here. <laughs> looks around at the dog, at everyone else, and then goes straight back to the dog so he gets no reaction. <laughs> front, front. Looks around at what everyone else has done. Reaches inside his tunic. Withdraws his holy symbol. Takes a deep breath. Rolls his eyes a little. Be gone, foul demons. And holy light emits from his holy symbol, filling the room as radiance of the dawn. Yep. Any magical darkness is dispelled. Nearby hostile creatures take 17 damage. Cool. Eric. Sullivan shrinks back a little bit from the light. He, his bat wing curls around over his face. You're a ranger. You're not meant to do that kind of nonsense. What's wrong with you? Who taught you rangering? I was taught very badly. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be self-taught like me. Couldn't rely on anyone, me. Couldn't rely on my father. Couldn't rely on my mother. Couldn't rely on anybody. I had no friends. I had to teach myself everything. Yes. You just taught how to draw? I taught myself how to draw. And I'm very, yeah. very good. Look at that one. And he points up at um, one of the other diagrams on the wall. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. I already squints his eyes. It's, uh, it's like it's a butterfly eating a birthday cake. It's on not a, a butterfly boat. eating a birthday cake. No, what are you talking about? That's a basilisk. That's a basilisk. And it's coming now. And he points towards the darkness. And there is this big kind of reptilian creature slowly walking out of the darkness towards you. Rangers, you are all familiar with the story of the basilisk. It's uh, yeah. within 30 feet. It will turn you to stone if its gaze falls upon you. It's further away than that right now. Um, and there's a great big snail in the way of it and you. Anyway, we're falling into an initiative order now. Let's make an initiative roll, everybody, and we'll see how we go. 18 for Randy. 18 for Ford. 20 for Halleck. 18 for Fran. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I my, my, my initiative roll has all of you beat all of my creatures and monsters so you all get to go first what i am going to do though is i'm going to impose sullivan's first move as he swings his wing back open and he looks down uh, i think he's going to look down at randy randy with the hellhounds in front of him and he says randy dwarf you took away my dragon that i had collected i give you the gift of confusion can you give me a saving throw please a wisdom based saving throw 12 12. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Five. Five. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> wrong <Slight> saving. <laughs> wrong, wrong column. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Randy, you feel the confusion wash over you. You are going to start randomly attacking people with your axe, people and things and objects. There's hellhounds close by you at the moment, um, but there are friends and allies not far away. So um, that's, that's where we will see you when your turn comes around. So that's the first thing that we're going to happen. And then I think it's Halleck who comes up first. Um, Halleck, what are you going to do? He's just had a quick glance back at the book. Yeah. And um, he's putting some pieces together. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, saying to, he's saying to himself, bagpipe, bees, beard. We're living, we're living in the portals of hell. Just like I'm the, the only thing missing is a lion. We saw a lion earlier. Where, where, where was the lion? It appeared when you were cowering from some owlbears, Randy. I, I was being very brave, and that lion helped protect me. Where um, is that lion now? How do you cast it? You guys bring the lion back. I'm going to... Uh, Halleck casts jump on himself. Yeah. Uh, and then he's going to run and leap up towards the... Um, hoisted up by his bees, he's going to leap up <laughs> towards the bagpipes. Wow. Fantastic. All right. Um, you, can, you can make that jump without making any, any jumping roll, but I am going to ask you to give me a constitution saving throw because mm. you are approaching, of course, the, a portal to hell. Howl's 16. Power. 16. Fantastic. You bear down and, and, and just the fires wash over you. The strange infernal heat hits you, but it does not overcome you. You land beside the bagpipes. You are so close to it. 
with your B and your beards. I think that's Halleck done. Is that right? Yeah, it I think so. That's right. Um, how about we uh, we jump down on my screen to Fran? You are you are adjacent and you're in the 18s crowd. So what do you do? Okay. <clears throat> well, you know we've had a, we've had a lot of good luck with fireballs this time around. I'm going to send one to the basilisk. Fran grounds his quarter staff, holds up his free hand toward um, towards the basilisk, concentrates, mutters a prayer under his breath, and a flaming ball shoots out of his hand towards towards the basilisk, which we can you know we can barely see in the darkness at this yeah. point. Fire just erupts in that corridor, and um, you get, see illuminated the blue green scales of the basilisk and its weird dull eyes. It writhes in pain from the flames that you throw upon it and backs up and turns around and just runs back the way it came. Whatever was driving it forward was uh, not enough to make it want to take on a great big ball of fire. You've sent it running. You've sent it running completely. Sullivan is furious. Basilisk, no, this is not how we trained you. No! Ford, what do you do? You've got a great big snail in front of you. You've chopped off yeah, one of its tentacles. Twice your height. How much salt do you have? Enough for the both of us. <laughs> Ford is ducking and weaving the mm-hmm. flailing eye, uh, yep. left, right, and center, um, w- waiting for an opening to mm-hmm. take another swipe with his longsword. All right. Um, and at, at the at, at the flails to you know cut more off effectively as as a, as a strategy. Great, do it. Uh, that is seventeen. Seventeen. That that's another very good strike. Another one of the tentacles goes flying. There are three left. You have a second attack with your longsword. That is a 12. A 12 is not going to be enough. That tentacle whips past you and uh, kind of bonks your weapon with its hard, macy bit. It's kind of looming over you and you see its weird shell um, shining oddly in the light from the, from the fireball. It's like there's light playing across its surface, um, just remaining there like electricity almost. Uh, Randy, you are close to some hellhounds. You you're, seem remarkably lucid a moment ago talking about a lion, but you're just swept up in in um, the moment while you're having this conversation. Your axe is just swinging. I guess those hellhounds are the nearest thing for you to swing at unless you want to target a kitten. So um, make an attack roll for me. Uh, that is uh, 14. That will get that one. And uh, second attack, 20. 20 that one hits as well so the um the, the great axe is sort of cleaved it's like up up its back the wrong way mm-hmm. so it's it's rubbed against the grain but like also taking chunks of flesh off so it's double irritating for the dog oh and that's for 22 damage 11 each oh okay sullivan is kind of stomping around in a circle on the on the top of his pedestal this is going terribly hellhounds use your use your fire breath breathe and the two hellhounds kind of rear back from you um randy and then both of them unleash this big blast of fire at you can you give me dexterity saving throws two of them the difficulty is only 12, so it's not terribly hard to dodge. Uh, but Dodge the first one. Yep. Not the second. So you take 21 points of damage from that second oh, one. Excellent. Yeah, it's half as much. So take another uh, take another 10 points from the um, one that you dodged. So 31 altogether um, as these hellhounds unload some nastiness upon you. Um, elsewhere, yeah, Ford... Just, just wait till he finds out we don't actually have the wand with us. <laughs> <laughs> Facing down the flail snail, three flails bash against you, Ford, but only one of them strikes through. You take five points of damage from, uh, from that. Five points of damage. Um, but as you, are, uh, as you are doing that, as you are striking, that light across the um, snail's shell suddenly bursts outward, a bl- just a burst of bright light fires out against you. Can I have a wisdom saving throw? DC 15 from you, please, as this light flashes out. All the rest of you see it, but only Ford is close enough to... 17. 17. Only Ford is close enough to potentially be stunned by it, but you make your save by two. You are not stunned, but uh, you are blinking against the light as this weird snail creature slithers ever closer. Um, Basilisk has run away. The hellhounds we've done. Um, Sullivan says, Now where's that owlbear? Send out the owlbear! And then there is this big, leaping, bounding sight coming from the darkness and you see coming towards you an owl bear but not any owl bear 
the particular Albia, the Albia that you met by the fire, Fran and Randy, that comes out and opens its its beak. Am I still confused? I think you. I think you are. I think you are at the moment, unless you can think of a clever way of breaking out of it. In fact, give me a saving throw because you've had your your turn. Let's see if you break out of it this turn. I do not. Okay. Um, so the Albia comes out and looks around the room. Sullivan, I think he's going to blast some fire at you, Fran. You're you're a fool, half orc, ranger, clear it, whatever you are. Take my fire. The first strike of fire just kind of makes a line on the ground near you, Fran, but the, the next catches you on the side. You take 10 points of damage as fire rips up your leg. Um, and Sullivan laughs. <laughs> see? See? See who's the big boy now? See who's the good one now? It's me, isn't it? It's me, that's right. And you, Halleck Tide, you should probably come over here and, and hang out with me and we can be friends once I've killed all these three people. Yeah, it's your only chance. I've come to understand what true friendship means and what you're offering, ain't it? I think that um, while Halleck's been doing this, um, uh, Grandmother Bee, with a, yeah. a more um, caring nature, has mm. been buzzing around and trying to usher some of the kind of civilians out of the room. Nice. Uh, yep. Like uh, particularly the, the little girl. Yeah. Awesome. So, what, you, what you notice as, you, as Grandmother Bee does that, a lot of civilians are very keen to get out of the room. I think uh, Perseus, the scribe, actually kind of comes back in, even though the others are coming out because he's he's just so uh, beaten down. He can't help he can't help himself. But the girl does not go, resists the attentions of the bee, and in fact drops down behind kind of a chair near where um, the Sullivan is, and makes a quick gesture and slips out of the chains that was holding her and waves the bee away. She scrabbles around for a weapon, kind of picks up a rock, looks at it, and that's the best she can do right now and waits for an opportunity. You're kind of above her up where the, where the bagpipes are. I think this little bee needs a sting. And he's going to look down and he's going to see uh, a little dagger that he's been carrying around. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to uh, drop it down to her. Nice. Um, the, the dagger mi- from the... Um, Mr. Pointy. The cabin. Mr. Pointy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the bee... It draws her attention somehow. So she looks up and sees this dagger falling and reaches out and just snatches it with practiced ease, pulls it in and looks up at you and makes eye contact with you and gives you a, gives you a grateful nod. So that none of that is, counts as an action for you. What else do you want to do, Halleck? Well, I want to look at these. I want to look at these bagpipes. I want to try and work out what, like, Halleck feels like he's, he's close to, to understanding this. He remembers Fran describing the, the code on the, the that created the portal to hell yeah and he's yep. seeing the ingredients around him but he, he he can't quite put them all together let's have i guess let's have an intelligence roll let's let's see what comes out of that okay oh 17 17 i think halleck as you look at these things you have a breakthrough but i have to ask you, Brendan, what that breakthrough is, because I've got not the slightest idea. What, what do you discover? <laughs> DM stands for delegation master. <laughs> um, I, just, I just need the lion. Where's the lion? Is there, are, there, are there any drawings of lions? <laughs> I don't think there are. I don't think there are drawings of lions. I think that your insight would turn you towards Randy. I think you learned something about how the lion appeared to protect Randy and you understand what you can do to make the lion come back. Randy, Randy, I know you've been trying to hide something. I know you, I know you've got magic in you. I'm a little confused right now. <laughs> Randy is very <laughs> confused right now. <laughs> He's having trouble overcoming his, uh, overcoming his own magical effect so um. um can i can i then to try and snap him out of it i once more summon some bees and the bees carry little golden berries <laughs> down to randy i love it i love it okay we'll find out what happens on uh, to that on randy's turn um i will go now to fran so fran uh casts dispel magic on randy oh so, 23. A 23. <laughs> All right. Uh, Randy, 
you have the sudden moment of complete clarity. Fran, give us a visual to represent what you just did. It's 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 like a virtual slap, uh-huh. like that whole bringing someone back to their 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 yeah. their, 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 their senses. It's, yeah. it's it's sort of sort of like I swipe my hand through the air, and I'm yeah. quite distant from him, but he feels it. Like he's just like a, a ringing slap around the face. Nice. But at the same time, as a bonus action, yep. uh, he heals six hit points. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh. So oh. with the same motion. <laughs> I love like, it. You've been slapped, but it's invigorating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Randy, you take an invigorating slap and then you look back and you see Fran um, kind of his hand in post-slap position, and there are hellhounds bearing down on you on either side. And Everything then... is in perfect focus and yeah. total contrast. Like it's, I see, you know, Randy looks looks around the room and he sees like the fight happening in slow motion. You know, Ford's being assailed by the flail snail. You've got tides up by the bagpipes, throwing knives at little girls, front you know, backhanded me into perfect consciousness, the hell hounds everybody and Randy sort of looks up and says, I know what I have to do. Have you remembered the bee with the bee with the berries? Bee with the berries is coming yeah. at me. Yes. Yeah. And the berries fall down on me and I use it for dramatic effect and walk through the shower of berries. <laughs> Randy just sort of slow motion. The berries fall down around him. Oh yeah, yeah. slow motion. <laughs> points at the um points at the uh half elf. Yeah. And um, says you with his axe, and then a lion manifests next to him, a golden blurry around the edges lion. <laughs> so I say, sick him, boy. <laughs> okay, so we have a golden lion in play. Uh, we also still have a giant snail. Uh, Ford, you have a giant snail bashing at you. What do you do? What do you do? Shining lights and bashing and um, closing in on everyone else, and it's uh, slow advance i obviously am slightly taken back by the fact that randy's walking through a shower of berries and then <laughs> a second later there's like a golden line just there but that's all taken in like within a split second because he knows that board is currently dealing with his own issues so um yeah just just to continue on flailing at the flailing uh the yes and 17. 21 and 17. Ford, I would like you to describe how you take out two of the three remaining tentacles and do it in such a way that the snail loses its loses its will to fight. It's lost four of its five tentacles as it's bearing down on you and it's starting to get through to its little snail brain. This is not a good idea. So how does it go down? Yeah, sure. So um, after swiping uh, the first one and then the second one, the remaining one just happens to, because obviously it's screaming, happens to come down towards Ford's legs. Mm-hmm. At that time, Ford leaps, lands on the eye yeah. with a flail, yeah. and is actually stuck to the ground. <laughs> and then a nice little sword just chops it off for good measure. Um, it's, it's kind of a Willy, not a Willy Wonka, a Dr. Doolittle moment is this, this giant snail is kind of carrying you, carrying you about the room is it, um, and it's dying throws pulsing and moving back into its shell. So you, you're kind of riding around a snail for the remainder of this encounter. So where are we? We have uh, a couple of hellhounds who are bearing down on Randy. Um, there's also a giant owlbear. The owlbear has come out of the shadows growled and hooted and bounds forward and jumps and lands on the back of one of the hellhounds and proceeds to tear its neck in a pretty brutal way and the other hellhound uh, snarls at it and backs off so uh yeah you don't need to worry about those hellhounds anymore they've been um thoroughly albeard you might say uh the flail snail's gone the basilisk ran away um there's some giant bees out the back but we don't need to worry about them because they're just making some royal jelly for (laughs) halleck so it's really just suddenly sullivan clave by himself looking at this golden lion and looking at frun he his eyes go back and forth says look I, i don't know what you're trying to do by messing with my creatures that I've been carefully collecting for such a very long time. Perseus, take this down. Uh, Sullivan Clave thought that maybe it was best 
to negotiate with the traders that had come to uh, offer a good deal on wands and uh, um, I'm sure we can come to some kind of agreement. Yes? Perseus, take this down. Sullivan Clave cried like a little baby girl as he lay whimpering just before he was cleaved. Sullivan cleaved in two. And, <laughs> and with that, the lion leaps up. Yeah. And um, leaps right into uh, Sullivan Clave um, cool. and, and, and sort of lands on the other side nice. harmlessly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as the lion leaps up towards Sullivan Clave, Two things happen. First of all, Clave, as we've already established, he's not good with things kind of coming towards him. We saw that before. It's not a good look for him. He fumbles backwards against the throne again, starts to tip backwards where he is met by a knife, a knife extended by young Tilde waiting behind him for just this opportunity. It digs into him and he gasps and his wing expands and the lion flies kind of over him without making contact with him. The lion completes the quartet of elements that signifies the astrological planar alignment of hell. Up high, hellic tide. What what happens? What happens with that side of things? There's still a portal to hell, but now all the four elements are there. What what do you do? Or okay, so we see, see the, the the kind of the glyphs appear: the mm-hmm. glyph of the lion, the glyph of the bagpipes, the glyph of the bees, and then the last one hasn't hasn't appeared yet. Halleck takes a, a deep breath. He pulls out his short sword, and he slices off his own beard <gasps> uh, and throws it into the flames. And he just says, <laughs> "No greater dishonor." <laughs> but no great honor there is a great burst of uh, fire and suddenly it is sucked away it is sucked into nothingness and the whole room's aspect suddenly shifts as the power that Sullivan Clave had used to control all these creatures to summon the hellhounds to maintain his weird powers all just is dispelled and gone and he is bent over the back of his throne with a knife jabbed into his side and a mostly unresponsive devil side lying limply alongside his body, the rest of his body. Um, he falls down and lies and lies still. Hallett, you are up next to the... Does, does the bagpipes remain or does that disappear in it's like slowly, a vacuum? The, 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 the sticky up but slowly wilt down <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bag deflates in a tonal <laughs> and, um, and then Halleck uh, just leaps off the pedestal uh, into the air uh, into Randy's arms <laughs> oh, oh <no>. fantastic <laughs> Randy you, you, you catch him beautifully <laughs> I sure, he sure does <laughs> Did you see me? Did you see me? Like, get someone the lion? <laughs> Very impressive, no, Randy. I have no idea what happened, but it was awesome. I guess I'm lions now. And um, uh, Fran, you're you're looking at um, Sullivan, this weird guy that you met 20 years ago on the hill, um, and he's lying there bleeding out with a knife jabbed in his side. Um, what do the two of you do or say as you approach him? I just say you'll you will see your father again. And then we walk down towards um, Randy and um, Halleck. What did you say to him? Was there something awesome like, that's how you draw a lion? Or like, half elf, you're later? Or what, was your, what did you say? All of those things, Randy. Yeah. Run. Uh, I ignore him, basically. Walk past him to Tilt. Yeah. Um, help her up. From you know, from behind where um, where, she, where she was, you know, mm-hmm. um, d- um, do, doing the stabbing. Yeah, I sort of glance down at him, make sure that he's actually dying. Yeah, um, he is. He twitches a bit. He reaches over to the knife and bends and looks at it and says, "Oh, I did my first mass murder with that knife." Oh, and those are his last words. He perishes, and Tilt spits at him. Hey. How are you, Mr. Front? Uh, a lot better now, to be honest. Um, do you... <laughs> I pointed the knife. Do you want that? No, I reckon that one's bad luck, eh? Probably. Well, 
Uh, time to go back to town. Tell them the good news about the dragon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I come? Absolutely. Cool. She runs over to um, the owlbear, jumps on its back. Come on, Margo. Let's go. And Margo the owlbear falls in beside the rest of you. Actually, I think, uh, I think this is probably where I leave you. As, are we, are we, aren't you supposed to fight me now or something? Um, as Halleck's saying that, his bees have floated back and have collected up the royal jelly. Yeah. Uh, I, he, he, and then he pulls out the, the list with a series of names with uh, who is allowed to fight Randy uh, <laughs> at the top. Go on, fight me. Fight me. I've dedicated my life to fighting dwarfs, but I'd never want to fight a friend. Randy walks up, pats him on the shoulder, gets his knife out, cuts off his own beard. (laughs) I think you've earned this. (laughs) Gives it to Halleck type. Halleck lets the the list drop to the ground, (laughs) takes the... Takes the beard, holds it reverently, and then walks off. Farewell. Maybe our paths will cross again. I don't think we'll ever see him again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the last we'll see of Alec Tide. I'm usually right about these sorts of things. <laughs> what a strange man. <laughs> I use mending on Randy's beard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great (laughs) gosh forward any any last uh any last moment with you last comment last anything no no i was solely here to help where i could and i've helped as much as i can um i've already given given from um some additional notes and letters that Mm -hmm. were but yeah yeah, you might be uh, useful in explaining to the order what that was all about, but that there's probably a whole conversation there that we can we can deal with another day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think what we should do to finish off is just zoom in on the two people who we started with, who began this uh, this quest, which is Randy and Fran. So I um, hand it to the two of you to round us off. So um, I'm still a bit like confused about the compost woman. Like, was she made of copper? Was she made of compost? Was she an eagle? There was a she, coin she was there. A, she was a copper dragon. A copper dragon. Yeah, that's one of the good ones. So yeah. we can be friends with her now. Yep. Oh, yeah, I reckon. The dragon. I don't. My my dad was friends with her. That's not necessarily a good, uh, you know, a good sign. But I, I'll take it as a good one in this case. So I've fought a dragon, mm-hmm. we've beaten a dragon, Yep. we're friends with a dragon, and it's the same dragon. Mm-hmm. Did you know I could make lions? I, honestly, I did not. I, have, I didn't know either. I can't wait to find out if I can make another one. And I mean, he closes his eyes really hard. And like, one of the drawings falls off the wall and bursts into sparks. <laughs> The, the band around your wrist falls off. Ooh, I found a bracelet. I reckon leave that here. Let's get out of here. We've got to, I don't know. What, what do you want to do now, friend? Well, I think we go and restore my dad's good name. And then I, I've, got a, I've got a territory to look after. And it's a long way from here. <laughs> oh, another adventure awaits. Randy and Fran. Fran and Randy. Frandy. No. Frundy, hmm. Run, de Fran, no. And on those musings, we draw to an end the epic saga that has been born to Fran. Thank you, Yay. thank you, everybody. That was that was suitably epic and very exciting and satisfying. So all we have to do now is say a big thank you to all of our all of our players, starting um, with Wiramu Tuhiwai, who stepped in for a very very important. Yay! Thank you, Woody. <laughs> thank you. And as Halleck Tide, the half orc ranger dwarf fighter, Brendan Bennett. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you. Hey. That was so much yeah. fun. <laughs> 
And uh, as Randy Dwarf, Stephen Youngblood, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. And the uh, titular Fran, who was born to, it's Jared Baker. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> thank you. And that was a, a super good time. And hopefully we'll do some more stuff real soon. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Thanks, our dear Bye. Morgan Davey. Oh, oh, dear Yay. Morgan Davey. Yeah, me. I'm Morgan Davey. Pray for us. Yay for us mm. all. Bye. Strong ending, guys. Strong ending. This has <laughs> been Diceratops Presents Born to Fran. Thanks for coming on this journey. It's a 10-part epic. It broke new ground for us. We've got some great feedback on this story. Thanks for those of you who took the time to, to get in contact with us about that. Thanks for telling your friends. Our live show coming up. It's set for Friday, July the 10th at Bats Theatre in Wellington. And I can reveal right now the title of the show. Crit Me Baby One More Time. Check our socials for announcements. All at Diceratops NZ. Players today were Wiramutuhiwai, Brendan Bennett, Stephen Youngblood, and Jared Baker. I'm Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games, and our shows are for everyone. <laughs>